Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, Sunday night, last Sunday night of March of 2023, all of these, I don't know, you know, for those of you that were like me, spent the, almost the entire 20 years before the year 2000 as a Christian and hearing about the coming of the Lord, to say that we're in the year 2023 is like an amazing thing because I don't know that it, there was very few people that thought we were going to make it this far. Amen. And so I've quit trying to set a date. And like someone said, when I hear the trumpet toot, I'm going to scoot. And, uh, <laughs> but I do, I'm going to, I'm going to work like everything I do uh, has a meaning. Amen. But be ready, but live ready, right? Hallelujah. Oh, the Lord is so good to all of us. And we're so thankful for this time and the, we get to study the word of God. You know, there are still places in the world where you can't do what we're doing tonight. You can't get together and talk about the things of God. And let's not take that for granted. Let's continue to pray for our brothers and sisters around the world and pray that God would open doors and he would give them, give them utterance. They might speak forth the word, amen, with a boldness that God would stretch forth his hand to heal and do signs and wonders in the name of his holy child, Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Those, those days, I don't care how, how, many time, how many different years we add on, those times never will cease. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus is still greater than any sickness and any disease. The stripes on his back, glory to God, guaranteed, guaranteed healing for us. Praise the Lord. I might get to preaching. I don't know. Amen. If you got your Bible, open up to Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to read all the scriptures tonight from the New Living Translation. Uh, just this, this translation is growing on me a little bit. I am kind of enjoy, enjoy reading from it. And uh, so I'm going to use it tonight uh, as we read. We're just going to read actually three sections of scripture tonight. That's the plan. And make comment here as... Uh, of, about certain things, but then as the Lord leads us to, all right? How many of you believe in God tonight? Hear something from God. You didn't come to hear me speak. I know that. Glory to God. Amen. Maybe my wife did, but none of the rest of you showed up. <laughs> you came because you felt like God had something for you tonight. All right. All right. Verse 1, Ephesians 2, 1. Once you were dead. Everybody say, I was. I want you to notice the past tense uh, of this in the grammar of this, that this is what we used to be. I'm no longer this. You're no longer this if you're a child of God. You were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. But our very nature, by, by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. Now, as you read that, realize, you know, as a Christian, I'm no longer these things. I'm no longer a child of disobedience. I'm no longer subject to sinful nature because the sinful nature has been taken away. I've got a brand, I'm a brand new creature in Christ, right? Now, I've still got a flesh to deal with, 
I've got to present it to God. I've got a mind to renew. And so we have that to do. But I want us to see some things here tonight that if we will live positionally, we can be free from the entanglements of the world that used to hinder us. Amen. So much of it is realizing who we are. We're not going to read it tonight, but sometime, uh, and I've read it before several times, but uh, Philemon chapter, there's only one chapter, but verse 6 says that our faith becomes effectual as we acknowledge all the good things that are in us. That's what we want to do then. We want to acknowledge some of the good things that are in us. Now, go back here to Ephesians, look at verse 4. But God, now I love that phrase, and if you've had me in class, you know that. But God, see when you say but God, everything that came before just changed. God did something about what what we just read. But God is so rich in mercy, so rich in mercy, so rich in mercy. Amen. He's rich in mercy. And he loved us so much. I think about that richness, the way, you know, we don't necessarily use that term like like it could be used, the term rich. You know, I, I think about it this way. Rich means to be full, fully supplied. Now, how many of you have, have ever dealt with, had one of these sponges, you know, when it doesn't have any water in it, you know, it's hard, you know, you can beat it on the counter and, you know, but when you fill it up with water, now a good sponge, when you fill it up with water, it'll hold that water. Just sit it there in the counter, other than the little bit of pressure that's on it, but it'll hold that water in it. But anything that put, puts pressure on that sponge, what comes out? water. It's rich with water. Glory to God. God is rich with mercy. Amen. Just, you know, mercy, mercy is, is different than grace. Grace provides ahead of time. Mercy is what I get. We're told to come to, uh, to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and grace to help in the time of need. God is rich in mercy. He's, he's so full of it that when you get to him, you get mercy out of him said that even though we were dead because of our sins, notice again the past tense of that, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by grace, by God's grace, that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. When God raised Jesus... He raised us. Everyone who would come to God through Jesus Christ is raised with him and seated with him at the right hand of God. Raised up and seated. I'm been raised with Christ. Hallelujah. I'm no longer dead in my trespasses and sins. I'm alive unto God. I've got the life of God in me. Jesus talked about it to the woman at the well there in John chapter 4. It's a well of living water springing up into everlasting life. It's on the inside. Glory to God. He goes on here to say, so God can point point to us in all future ages as, as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us. I don't think we've, we've even plumbed the depths of the incredible wealth of God's grace and kindness. Just as soon as you think you've come to the end of God's kindness, he's still got kindness left. 
Amen. Just as soon as you think you've exhausted God's grace, he's got more on top of that. That phrase, I love how he says it. The incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us. The incredible wealth. Hallelujah. As shown in, in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Well, what was it? God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not the reward for good, is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Now let's stop there a minute and talk about that in verse, this word saved as it's used here. This word saved uh, is the same word that Jesus said to the woman with the issue of blood when he said, your faith has made you whole. The original writers of the New Testament writing in, in the Greek language because, because of Alexander the Great, first of all, had imposed Greek, the Greek language on that region and the Romans kept it up. So they wrote it in Greek. All right. Even though their tongue was probably Hebrew, but they wrote the New Testament was written in Greek because it reached more people that way. Amen. That's like a lot right now. A lot of things are done around the world in the English language. Some, some countries, I know in the, in the East Africa, they call English the money language. If you want to make money, you better learn how to speak English. That's what they say. In fact, I know, uh, and they still have still about 47, 48 tribes that I know of, uh, of people, people groups there in, in Kenya and East Africa. And uh, one, of the, one of the rules is to be elected as chief, you have to be able to speak English also. And most people there that have had the opportunity to go to school speak three or four different languages. It blows me away. I, t- I, I apologize to me. I'm sorry I don't speak English. I speak American. And uh, it's not the English you learned here, for sure. Amen. And they've even told us sometimes, we've had people to go with us and preach, they say, they speak junk English. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. But uh, this word saved here, for, for God saved you by his grace when you believed. Well, Pastor Craig, the last two Sunday mornings, talking about faith, right? Unquestioning belief. You were saved. And notice that salvation is not the reward for the good things you've done, so you can't boast about it. Well, the word saved also is translated as healed. In fact, Schofield in his notes in, uh, to Romans 1.16, remember Romans 1.16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Greek. He's got a note. Dr. Schofield does in his Bible that talks about that the Greek and Hebrew words for saved and salvation are the all-inclusive words of the gospel, gathering into it all the redemptive acts. And he said, means safety, deliverance, soundness, healing, he even mentions. Well, God healed you by his grace when you believed. You know, the moment you got born again, you got healed. Your, your body, your physical healing was bought and paid for at the same time. Who his own body on the tree bore our sins and our iniquities. Right? That we might be made the righteousness of God by whose stripes we were healed. Not going to be. Were. Were. See, we're talking about things tonight we already have. Amen. I want you to think about something. 
If you have, how many of you, now here I go asking questions again, but let's see. How many of you, how many of you have a car? You drive a car, you, your family has a car, all right? It's yours, right? Do you know this? I can't steal your car if you don't have a car. Now, I want you to think about it. Satan is the thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The Bible says that I am healed by the grace of God. So sickness and disease is Satan's weaponry trying to steal my health. So since he can only steal what I have, I must be the healed of the Lord. That puts me in a whole different position. I'm not trying to get healed. I'm driving that, that guy out of here. It's got to go in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Now, see, it's a change of thinking, but let's talk about what we already have through Jesus Christ. Amen. Just consistently, as I've said to you before, consistently apply the truth of what God's Word says. Don't ever get in condemnation over it. Just keep on believing. You have need of patience after you've done the will of God, you will inherit the promise. Just keep after it. Just stay with it. No matter what happens, no matter what you see or what you feel, whatever takes place, just continually say what God's Word says about your situation. All right? Now, let's go on here. So, none of us can boast. See, I can't boast about being healed. I didn't heal myself. I didn't, I didn't save myself. I didn't get born. I had to believe. Well, I got the same way for healing. Same way for my needs being met. Right? Now, there are, there are principles of sowing and reaping that operate in natural things, and we understand that. You know, I get a kick out of sometimes folks try to use 2 Corinthians chapter 9. They're in verse 6, 7, and 8. It says, he that sows sparingly shall reap sparingly. He that sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. And they try to use that, some preachers and some people, I don't know why, try to use that to condemn people that they're not given enough. The reason they don't, because they're only sowing sparingly. Okay, (laughs) again, so sad that you folks aren't farmers. You should have grown up in the Midwest where we grow grain. If you sow a little bit of corn, you're going to get a little bit of harvest. The more you sow, obviously, the bigger the harvest is going to be. But don't ever despise small beginnings. Right before that in chapter 8, he said it's according to what you have, not what you don't have. Amen. And what's bountiful to you might be nothing to somebody else. So we're not condemning anybody. It's just, that's just a natural principle of sowing and reaping, right? We don't use it to be, there's no condemnation in Christ. So you're believing God for healing and health. Maybe you're believing God for a miraculous thing to take place in your body. There's no condemnation. If, you, if you're still, whatever, still dealing with it, just keep applying the word of God. Just keep applying the word of God. Glory to God. Amen. And live at peace. One thing that we, I'm, I'm going to say this to you, I hope you understand it. When you got saved, God set you free from the opinions of others. Woo, glory to God. Now, you got to enforce that. You're going to have to enforce it. You know, I've had people ask me, you just act like you don't care. Yeah, I don't care what people say. I really don't. I don't know if that was because of, you know, how I grew up or what it was and involved, you know, and like I said, these were years and years ago 
when I was playing athletics. But you know, I, I played the type of I played the type of way that the other people didn't like me. Why? Because I'm gonna beat you. We're not playing here to be nice. Now I didn't play dirty. I never played dirty, but I outworked you. Because I liked it. I joked about in basketball. I was short, but I made up for it by being slow. <laughs> so I had to outthink you and outwork you. So everybody else is after school doing doing something else. I'm running the hallways with the basketball of our high school, dribbling off season. I'm scooping snow off the driveway at my house in the wintertime. I think, I think the statute of limitations has gone over on this now, so I can say this. I learned how to break into the high school gymnasium. <laughs> Pop that door real quick and that thing was over in the small gym there in the high school. Yeah, but I was constantly working at it. Amen. Well, glory to God. I totally forgot why I brought that up. But anyway, let's look at verse number 10. No, but don't care about what people think about you. Yeah, I, people didn't like me. I'll tell you one thing that helped. I did hear a preacher say this. One of our fellow Raymond grads said this. I heard him say this. He said, you know, everybody that knows me likes me. You don't like me because you don't know me. If you get to know me, you like me. Amen. You're the same way. We'll get to know you. We'd like you, hopefully. Might take a lot of faith to like you, but we'll like you. All right, let's read verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. Hallelujah. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he's planned for us long ago. Colossians chapter 1, please. Starting in verse 9. Amen. He says here, Paul, now Ephesians and Colossians are kind of sister, they're called sister epistles. They kind of have a lot of, some of the same themes and some of the same actual quotations in them. But here, because uh, Colossae and Ephesus were in the same region of the, of the world there, said, verse 9, so we have not stopped praying for you since we heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then... The way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Jesus said in John 17, this is eternal life that you might know, you might know God and his, only, and his Son, Jesus Christ. How are we going to partake of that eternal life? Get to know God. Get to know Him better and better. Just keep getting to know Him. Because there's, there's something about God, when you get to know him, you'll start acting like him. All right? He says, we also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power. So you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled us to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people. We live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Glory to God. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. 
He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God, in all his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ. And we're not going to necessarily talk, but think about this. If, how many of you know that when you're born again, Christ comes to live in us by his spirit? If all the fullness of God was in Christ, and now Christ is in us, whoo, glory to God. Said, and through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and earth by the means of Christ's blood on the cross. That's these last three. I want to read three more here. These are the verses I want to get to in this section. This includes you who are once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Now notice again, notice the past tense of that. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Now, this is after you've come to Christ. Now, notice that. Holy and blameless without a single fault. Now, see, people say, well, you don't know me, brother. You don't, you know, I got faults. I've got faults. You know, that is, that's actually what you're saying is false humility, which is pride. Because what you're saying is that what the Bible says about you can't be true because I'm a special case. Worship your holy name. No. Now, if you don't know Christ, if you haven't come to him, you're not faultless. But if you're in Christ, you are. Now, every action may not be faultless. Every thought may not be faultless. But the real you, the spirit man, has been made holy and blameless. Now, we're acknowledging all the good things in us, right? Because when we do that, then we're going to live out this other way. You cannot live a holy life. This is where I came. I was studying on this, you know, just looking at God's holiness. And I'm seeing from the Word of God, it's impossible to live a holy life trying to do right things. Because that's, that's the law. But... When you acknowledge that Christ has made you holy, that God has made you holy through Christ and blameless, then you can begin to live that out. Paul told the Philippians, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work it out in awe of God, in reverence of God. Yes, Christians, we are to live a holy life, right? But it starts by acknowledging that he's already put that holiness. We are holy. Holiness to me is, is one of the, if not the most, but it's the key, one of the key characteristics of God's nature. He is holy. God is absolutely holy. Holiness is not an absence of sin. Sin is an absence of holiness. How many of you know cold is not, is not uh, 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 cold is an absence of heat. You know, evil is an absence of God. Amen. If there's evil, it's because God's not there. Or not allowed there. Let's keep reading this. Now notice what he says. But you must continue 
to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Now, I'm not saying, I'm like, you know, Pastor Craig said this morning, don't go to Starbucks and read your Bible out loud and just be obnoxious. And I'm not suggesting you go around everywhere and just tell everybody, you know, I'm holy, I'm holy, I'm a holy, I'm holy. But you ought to be telling yourself all the time. Continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. How many times does the Bible tell us to stand? Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Standing. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news or the gospel. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. Now, here's the key right here to help us in this. Continually preach yourself the gospel message. Continually remind yourself that you were, but now you are. Because God in Christ has reconciled me to him. God was in Christ, not imputing my trespasses unto me. And he has reconciled me unto God. And I've been reconciled to God through what? Through belief. By grace am I saved through faith. Now here in the same book of Colossians, go over to verse 6 of chapter 2. Amen. Preach yourself the gospel. Listen, preach yourself the gospel all the time. Remind yourself of what Jesus has done and who you are. Continually acknowledge the good things that are in you. Because the world will try to tear you down. The world system is built to destroy the image of God in the earth and the image of God in man. Because the devil himself wants to be God. And so he's going to pervert and destroy everything that is God in order to set himself up as God. But I like what Paul said, we are not of those that draw back. We are not of those that draw back, but we continue on. Amen. Knowing who we are and being bold, but not arrogant, but bold. See, when you know who you are, you can stand in the face of any sickness, any disease, and it not bother you. Hallelujah. I was talking to somebody here just the other day about a situation. They were, they were down in Peru Actually, we're down in Peru with Jim Andrews. Martin, and Martin was leading the group. Martin's gone home to be with the Lord now. And they were down there with him. And they, there was a person that came up in, the, in a prayer line that uh, they, they were doing. And this person kind of had discolor and discolor. And finally, finally, there was an open wound on their body, oozing open wound. And, you know, the guy said, well, I thought, you know, I'll just, you know, I'll just kind of be nice here. I didn't want to touch that. And just kind of held their hands like this and said, said uh, you know, in the name of Jesus, you know. He said, right about then, Martin looked over and said, lay your hands on that. Command it to leave in Jesus' name. So he said, I thought, oh, well. So he just grabbed right a hold of it, right in the midst of that open sore. And the, and the whole thing was swollen. He said, right in front of our eyes. The whole thing, all the swelling went down, and that open wound closed up, and it's just to- the person was totally healed. So when you know who you are in Christ, there's a boldness that comes on you. Do you see Jesus shrink before any type of sickness or disease? Was there any situation that Jesus had to step back and say, now, wait a minute. He knew who his God was. 
All right. Chapter two, verse six here, as we close out. And now, just as you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will go strong in the truth you were taught and you will over, overflow with thankfulness. See, notice this, after you've been born again, be acknowledging those good things that are in you. Brother Hagin talked this way, the in him realities, right? Get to know who those things are. And it's not just about, I, I, I've told people, get, you know, get Brother Hagin's little book in him, look all those scriptures up, actually write them all out, get you a notebook and write them all out. But that's not the end of it, that's just the beginning. It's constantly saying, that's who I am. And going back to that every, every day, every time you think about it, I go back to that, that's who I am. And you don't just read it out of your notebook, you read it out of, the, out of your Bible too. And you go back and you say, that's who I am. And as you do that, your faith grows strong in the truth. Verse 8 says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. One thing the New Testament warns us about in the last days of false teachers. And this is their, this is their, it's, it's high sound, it's philosophy, high sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking. Well, we can all fall into that trap if we're not careful. That's why we got to say, what does the word say about this? What does the Bible say about this? And from the spiritual, how many of you know the Bible talks about doctrines of devils? But it's not from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in human body. So you also, listen to this, you also are complete through your union with Christ. <clears throat> Single ladies, you don't get complete by marrying some guy. Single guys, you don't get complete by marrying some lady. And that's the only kind of marriage the Bible talks about, so we're not even talk about the rest of it. How about high-sounding nonsense? Anyway, that's a whole nother. And doctrines of devils. But I'm complete in Christ. Well, if I could just, no, I'm complete in Christ. We know if you didn't, if I'm complete in Christ. See, that's the same thing as that. Well, if, but God. Yeah, but, but God. All right. He says this. So then, so you also are complete through, every, through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, not by a physical procedure. Christ performed spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. And guess what? He got it all. I mean, you know, sometimes in a surgery, that if there's a growth, they say, well, we've got so much of it. But no, Christ got it all. Precision. Hallelujah. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave you all our he forgave all our sins. 
He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. And his victory, we sang it tonight, it's my victory. His victory is your victory. Everything that you had done prior to you coming to Christ that disqualified you from the life of God, Jesus, and that imprisoned you, that kept you captive to the kingdom of darkness, Jesus took it and it was nailed to the cross when he was. And when he said, it is finished, that which was written against you was done away with. And then he rose again that we might have new life. And he rose again as the mediator of the new covenant. And he rose again as the high priest over everything under the church. And he rose again as the head of the body, which is the fullness of him that fulfills all in all. And he rose again to ever live, to make intercession on our behalf. Like somebody said, how can we lose with this stuff we use? Glory to God. How can we ever not have victory? Because Christ has won the victory. There is, now remember, there is no kind, well, it doesn't look like victory. I'm not asking, I'm not going by how I look. I don't feel victorious. I didn't ask myself how I feel. I'm telling myself. I'm telling myself what the word of God has to say. I like this. He said, he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. That tells me this, I don't ever have to. You don't ever have to bear shame for anything. Jesus bore your shame. You're a new person. You got the fullness of God on the inside of you. You got the life of God on the inside of you. Acknowledge all the good things that are in you in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. No, don't stand up yet. We got, we are going to see this offering, but let me pray over you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, let's lift our hands and thank God for what he's done in us. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you, Father God, for who you have made us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me talk to somebody that's watching right now. I just really, on the inside. Listen, you're watching right now and you don't know Christ. I don't even know why. You don't know why you're watching this right now. You just kind of thought you stumbled upon it. But no, this is a divine appointment God has. Divine meaning from God. God made an appointment to meet with you right now. And to tell you that all your sins are forgiven. And to tell you that he's not counting anything against you. And he sent me to tell you he wants to be reconciled to you. And and you come into a right relationship with him. And he's already done all the work. He's already paid the price for it. All you have to do is just call out to him. The Bible says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord. And that name is Jesus. Call on that name and you'll be saved. That's all you have to do. Just call on that name. Just call out to Jesus. Jesus, save me. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me. He died for you and rose again so that you could have new life. If you you called, you're the person I'm talking to, you might be several of you out there. I want you to contact that number that's there. Let them know that you made a decision for Christ. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And listen, if you knew Christ and you've walked away from him, come on home. Just come on back. Glory to God. There's no condemnation in Christ. Come on back. Glory to God. He's abundant and rich in mercy. He's waiting there with open arms 
In Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Amen.